You are tuned in to the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl Watchlist Show with your hosts Rick Staratella and Joe Everett, featuring NFLPA Bowl Executive Director Dane Vandernath. We are back at it again. It's another edition of the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl Big Board Show with your host Rick Saratella here. I'll be joined by our Director of College Scouting, Dane Vandernat, and my co-host, Joe Everett, in just a second. But let me remind everybody, January 18th, 2020, the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl will be held in Pasadena, California. The ninth annual NFLPA Collegiate Bowl at the historic Rose Bowl. Make sure you're there. We're going to give you lots of good reasons to be there. That's for sure. Okay, uh, we've been winding down kicking you up, uh, leading you off to the kickoff, I should say, of the college football season. This is our third episode. Uh, Our first two shows, we previewed all of the offensive positions. Today, we're going to talk a little defense, and who's better to do that with than Joe Everett. You can follow him on Twitter, at Joe W. Everett, never leaving a stone unturned. Joe, how are you today? I'm doing awesome. I can't believe we're so close. It's like that uh, calm before the storm, I guess they say. But uh, I, I can see the storm coming, at least. That, that much I can say. No doubt about it. And, you know, uh, we're lucky enough to have our director of college scouting, Dane Vandernet, each and every week. Uh, we're going to bump him up a few minutes here, get him on board, because I know he just stepped out in the middle of a uh, – College recruiting campus trip. It's, it's full bore now for the NFL PA Collegiate Bowl. Uh, just about each and every day, we're going to be on some campus somewhere across the nation on location. Uh, so let's welcome in Dane to the show. Dane, how are we doing today? Hey, Rick and Joe. I'm doing great, man. And uh, just saying the calm before the storm, Joe, and I'm standing outside here in Fayetteville outside of Arkansas's practice, and it's storming outside. So hopefully it uh, – yeah, you know, uh, I had that situation yesterday at Wagner, a little bit of rain, so there's some rain across the country. But, you know, Dan, I know you've been hitting the road hard and just about each and every day, uh, you know, starting last week, I think it is, and leading up to the season, man, you're you're pretty much at a different school each and every day. Give us a little recap of where you've been, who you've spoken to, and what's going on. Yeah, no, it's been great, and uh, just getting things ramped up, you know, including this first week of visits right now. But, you know, it started Monday at Oklahoma and got the awesome opportunity to get outside there. It was, it was blazing hot, so we were drenched in sweat even just watching. So I can only imagine what those young men were going through. But um, had a great visit over at OU, got to see some of their prime prospects coming out and, and then made our way to Stillwater. Uh, the next day, so on Tuesday, visited Oklahoma State. and followed yesterday up over at Tulsa, and then obviously here today at Arkansas, and going to be at uh, little, little Missouri State tomorrow. So um, get a nice little center section of this country all covered, and trying to get our eyes on some of these you know great prospects that are uh, you know real candidates here for the collegiate bowl. I saw those shots in Stillwater, Dane. Like that, that was so nice. How how nice were those facilities for the Cowboys? And uh, <laughs> how well did you get treated out there? I've just uh, just looking at it. It uh, looks like the creme de la creme. 
Yeah, you know what? It's tough to uh, say that these guys have it rough these days. You know, obviously everyone saw the LSU locker room that got posted the other month. But, you know, these facilities, looking at Oklahoma, looking at Oklahoma State, even here at Arkansas, I mean, everything's taken care of. Beautiful offices, you know, prime setups for watching film for for, uh, scouts that are over here. And the coaches and the staff have just been so accommodating. So um, we're, we're really living large here as uh, guests of these universities. And, um, you know, we're, we're very fortunate. So, And uh, uh, I'll tell you what, man, I, I'm supposed to get a free meal here today at lunchtime with, uh, with, with the staff here at Arkansas. <laughs> so, uh, you know, scouts, no doubt. They, they, they live by their bellies. And so we'll uh, definitely take advantage of that. Hey, for sure. And, uh, you know, uh, speaking of top-notch facilities, we've got them at the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl, uh, you know, from uh, start to finish. I mean, we we really take care of the players. And, uh, Dane, today we're going to talk about some defensive line prospects. So uh, when, yeah. when, you know, we put on that scouting cap and, and you're out there at these campuses and, and watching the practices Talk to us a little bit about what we're looking for, the evaluation process of, of, uh, you know, last week we talked some big uglies on the offensive side. Talk to me about the big uglies on the defensive side. Yeah, you know, obviously we're not talking these guys that are in the trenches, whether on the offensive or the defensive side. You've got to find some guys that have some grit, some guys who are tough, some guys that want to. And still in the NFL, I know it's a passing league, but I'm still – full-blown convinced that if you want to get to the quarterback, you got to stop the run first. So for us, we want to find some guys who have some size who are going to be able to hold up and, you know, sit there and hunker down, be able to, you know, drop down to a knee and really hold the point of attack, you know, especially when you're facing double teams, which you're going to get a lot. And you just have to remember that the guys at the next level, they're so much bigger, they're, they're, they're stronger. This is their job. This is their full-time job to train and to dislodge defensive linemen. So we need to find some guys who have the physical skill and ability to sit there and hold the point of attack in the run. And then when it comes time to, when you get the third down, you get the opportunity to rush the passer. We need to find some explosiveness. We need to find some guys who can get off the snap count, who can get off the ball, who can get up field and start to put some of these professional blockers and some, uh, some awkward positions, some guys that, that have a little bit of repertoire of moves that they can work and that they can work off of in order to kind of get home and be able to get the quarterback, as we say, off his spot, which is the place where he wants to throw the ball. And then ultimately we want to find some guys who can not only get the quarterback off the spot but can also get him on the ground. So um, you need to see, you know, again, kind of recapping it, and I want to see him stop the run and, you know, show some grit, and then I want to see some explosiveness. And you always want to see some violence. You want to see some guys that know how to use their hands and that they can get off blocks, that they can disengage. So, you know, for those guys that we're getting our eyes on over here, uh, those are the kind of primary items I'm looking for. Joe? Uh, uh, Dane, I was just going to see what is on tap for you specifically next week and, like, what what can we expect schedule-wise uh, for your trek going forward um, before the next time we talk to you? Sure. Well, uh, so I'm going to head up and do a little more uh, head north and go do some, some upper Big Ten and upper Big 12 country. So next week I'll be up at uh, Nebraska, Iowa, Iowa State, and uh, northern Iowa. Again, try to uh, – get into some of these camps and 
you know, be able to see these players up close and personal and get to, you know, get a great feel for, for, for them physically. And, and, and then also obviously get a chance to talk with some of the staff and their coaches and, you know, get a little background on these guys, you know, so much, so often, um, you know, we hear some stories and you want to get some clarity on, on where these guys are coming from, what's important to them and how much they love football, because ultimately that's what people at the next level in the NFL want to figure out is, just what makes these guys tick. So when we get the opportunity to, to meet with some of these staffs, it's a great you know chance for us to to, to, to better understand and and to try and empathize and sympathize with with what some of these guys are going through and where they're headed here. Yeah, I mean it's an invaluable uh, part of the scouting process and uh, just the uh, you know the experience of getting to talk to the coaches and the staff and the people that are around these players on a daily basis goes a long way. And, you know, I love the fact that you're, you know, you're hitting some big time programs out there, Dane, and some, uh, some schools coming up, some, some, some country strong players out there in, uh, in some of the uh, middle America states, but uh, Hey, uh, we love those kind of players too. And I think that's the beautiful thing is is this is going to be the most diverse uh, all-star event when you talk about big schools and small schools and HBCU schools. I mean, we're even scouring the international prospects. We don't care where you come from, where you hail from. If you're a pro prospect, we're going to find you. And I think that's a beautiful thing. And, and again, you know, uh, I was out in the Ohio, Pennsylvania area last week, uh, you know, back here in my backyard, hitting up Wagner and Fordham and and uh and Villanova the next few days so FBS FCS HBCU international overseas that's what it's all about here at the NFL PA Collegian Bowl and uh Dane I appreciate you don't forget service academy Rick and the service academy that's right uh you want to you want to elaborate on that a little bit while we got you that topic up yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, we're looking, you know, to partner up a little bit and see if we can find some some eligible uh, uh, service academy uh, student athletes here from obviously Navy and Army and Air Force, and and uh, we'd love to get them on out to the NFLPA and and uh, you know really try to one show our appreciation to our uh, armed services and and see if these guys uh, you know would, would bless us by participating in our game as well and. Obviously, you've had some guys that have gone on and played professionally, and, and we all know that they have a, a greater duty ahead of them than playing football. But, um, you know, we certainly appreciate uh, all the work and, and, and the service that they're about to, uh, you know, employ for our country. So uh, we're excited to, uh, to try to uh, allure them into coming out and, and participating with us. No doubt about it. But you Rick, know, the, the Army. Thing, you know, uh, in addition to the diversity, pardon me for interjecting here, but. You know, going up to Iowa and you being in Ohio and Pennsylvania, you're going to some some outstanding and some of the best wrestling programs in the country. So, you know, for us, mm-hmm. if we can go find some of those big uglies, you know, that, uh, that that have a little bit of a wrestling background as well, that's always great for obviously understanding leverage and and how to use your hands and how to use your body and in, uh, in winning your individual matchup. So, uh, always like to find some diversity in athleticism as well. And, uh, looking forward to, especially when we get up to Iowa, Nebraska for me next week, and kind of seeing some of these guys that just have that great wrestling and uh, you know kind of martial arts type background. Such a great point, and I know you just made the hair on the back of Joe's neck stand up because he loves the grapplers. Um, so hey, <laughs> all good stuff. <laughs> all good stuff here, and uh, 
Dane Vandernat, the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl Scouting Director. If you're not following him on Twitter yet, at D Vandernat, V-A-N-D-E-R-N-A-T, you need to be because he's peeling back the curtains. He's giving you a sneak peek of what it's like to be on these campus uh, recruiting trails. We'll have uh, some columns up on the NFLPA Bowl website chronicling our scouting trails. So a uh, I know you're a busy man, Dan. We appreciate you hopping on and giving us a few minutes here in, in, uh, during your Arkansas uh, visit. So, hey, we'll come back. We'll do it again next week, and uh, we'll continue to unveil this uh, defensive big board uh, here at the NFL PA Bowl. De- definitely appreciate you. No, absolutely, fellas. We're about to go live here at practice and get some real tackling in over at Arkansas. So I'm going to go uh, nice. get back in here. But always good talking with you. Hey, soak it in, my man. We appreciate you, and uh, we'll chat next week. That's Dane Vandernat, at D Vandernat. You can get all the behind the scenes. And, uh, Joe, let's pick up where, you know, Dane just mentioned the wrestling background. I know you want to talk a little bit about this and and talk about the value and importance. And, uh, you know, we discuss how important it is for for athletes to play multiple sports, uh, wrestling being a big big one of them oh no doubt and especially in the just if it's in the interview process or the studying up on the player it's always an earmark or, or asterisk on the report to like wait a minute this guy understands leverage he, he's been in battles outside of the football field too I, I i stress i mean i think everybody knows how important it is being a multi-sport athlete but Man, wrestling, uh, having tried in high school, I'll stress tried because I just got my tail kicked in, uh, that is mano a mano. Like, that really is a, a different kind of competition, and it's just a different breed, those type of wrestlers. You know, this, like Dane was talking about, the guys at Iowa, the guys in Pennsylvania, they just take wrestling a little bit different out and you know like even jersey there's some great wrestlers. I mean, there's, uh, it, it's, it, it, I think it, it really matters the show we did last week, the show we're doing this week, those positions specifically, because they not only understand how to use their hands, but hand placement and what that place, where they're putting the hand means and how they can exploit that. It's just, um, I don't know, it's something that comes second nature to those guys that I think other other players that do not have that background, they have to learn that. And it uh, it's just a, it's not only that curve and the time of development, but it, it's just having that as an instinct is such a one-off, I think, especially, like I said, uh, the, the, the big uglies on the O-line and then guys we're about to talk about on this show. Well, let's dig into it. Uh, we just heard from Dane Vandernat. You're listening to the NFL PA Collegiate Bowl Big Board Show. Uh, Joe Everett and Rick Saratella here. Don't forget to follow Joe at Joe W. Everett. Of course, uh, at NFL Draft Bible, we have all of our draft chronicles and uh, most notably the 2020 NFL Draft Bible prospectus is about to drop, something that uh, Joe and myself, along with uh, Bill Carroll, our small school HBCU guy, have uh, been cranking out and working on. So uh, we'll have scouting reports on the top 100 prospects. We'll have our uh, FCS big board with the evaluations on those guys. you know, the international prospects is something that we're evolving with as that continues to be a larger part of the NFL. And, uh, of course, our preseason mock draft, hey, 
just wrap, wrapping that up and excited. I uh, Everybody feels good about their mock draft in August, don't they, Joe? But uh, the 2020 prospectus is really going to be something special. Uh, it will be available on NFLDraftBible.com. We will have all the uh, details soon. Again, at NFL Draft Bible on Twitter is the best way to keep up to date with everything we got going on. What we got going on right now is some defensive linemen. And, uh, you know, this is a pretty solid group of uh, senior prospects, Joe. Uh, some really good players here up front on the defensive line. Uh, yeah, just starting at the tackles, I think it is. And it headlined, like, the guys that came back. Uh, I, I, I know Rickwan Davis, Alabama, had a bit of a, a disappointing season. Everyone's going to say, well, what the heck happened? in 2018, but I think it's also part of being on a stout, loaded front seven there, but uh, it, it, you really have to look at both years. I mean, in 2017, this guy was just a killer. Uh, I, I I think um, it's just a flat-out flat planetary theory on him. I forget which coach said it when, but you just only have a few of these on the globe like him. So just on that alone, he's got value, but he can play. Uh, he's got great work ethic from everything he's kind of invested in, uh, investigated in. But it's uh, what, what you're getting off the field. Uh, the teams will go into that a little bit more. But I think he he benefits from staying the extra year. It's, it's probably a guy that needed it. And then I thought Derek Brown could have came out in Auburn. Um, and then talking to um, – God, who was like the first day of the senior bowl were down there talking to Dyshawn Davis, I think. Uh, one of his teammates, the linebacker, and, you know, listening to him talk about Derek Brown, you'd think he was Alexander the Great or Philip II of Macedonia. I mean, like, he just conquering the world uh, from the defensive tackle position. Derek Brown, he was the – so apparently the world is his oyster, but you do watch him. It, it, it's natural, like everything that he has. I would not be surprised I've, like, done the – full on uh, background on Brown, but he's a guy that definitely understands leverage. It's just some, some matchups it's easy for him. So uh, that I think it's almost hype's been built up pretty heavy uh, for the Auburn kid, but those, those two are the, the stars I think that stick out of the cases I'd like to make uh, the Boise state whole defensive line. I'll bang the table for them. I think only one of them is an underclassman, the Weaver kid, the edge, but they got Hatata off edge. Dirty David Moe is back for his seventh or eighth year of eligibility. C.O. Lua, that's, uh, I guess, a pretty nasty group of seniors. They're uh, definitely just a group to watch out for. I'd like to see if they could kind of help their stock. And then um, I like Kinlaw a lot, the South Carolina defensive tackle. And just, you know, backstories, you always like the kids that face the adversity. I think his family was uh, homeless for a time and you know uh, I think he lost his stepfather or uh, somebody close to him too so um, some real hardship that he's kind of persevered through and uh, definitely a kid you root for and then I mean it all happens so fast in college ball right like one coach leaves and his schemes on another school and then uh, this new coach runs something different and Malcolm Roach all of a sudden is a nobody at Texas but I'm not going to forget I mean what a ride it's been it's like Charlie Strong left him to die a hero's death in Austin. But uh, I think Malcolm Roach, there's a player there. It's just, you know, we're trying to uh, fit a round peg in a, in a square slot here. And it's just like, 
it's not happening for him, but uh, I think you get him in a different scheme. Maybe uh, just it's a matter of the gap concepts. I don't know, but uh, there's there's crazy production in his first year of college ball that I'm I'm positive is not a lie. Like there's that's real. So uh, he's a player you got to give the extra time for um, and, and see if there's something still there. So I think uh, Hatata and Roach is a couple of seniors. Uh, you know, don't you forget about me back in the 90s. <laughs> no doubt about it. Uh, that's Joe Everett never leaving a stone unturned. And, uh, you know, just to follow up on a couple guys there, I mean, Malcolm Roach is so intriguing because he's almost, I want to say, a poor man's Ed Oliver, whereas, you know, the coaching staff has crossbreeded this guy uh, to play inside, outside, uh, even linebacker taking reps at a linebacker. So, hey, uh, you know, maybe he's a Jasper Brinkley in the making. I don't know. But um, there's going to be a home somewhere at the next level for Malcolm Rose. He's just too too versatile and agile um, at that size. And then, um, you know, you mentioned Derek Brown, who, you know, I felt he would – I agree with you, Joe. I felt as if he would have been a top ten pick uh, if he were to come out this past year. And so, uh, hence, he comes in actually at number five on our uh, big board for the preseason prospectus. Um, so, you know, <clears throat> rarely do you see, you know, usually that top ten is littered with underclassmen. Uh, you know, he's a senior, and he's in the mix to be a top five selection, no doubt about it. Raekwon Davis is a guy that I'm in love with his talent, just not uh, so much in love with his off-the-field shenanigans, and I think that's going to be the ultimate uh, risk-reward selection. You know, that NFL GMs are, you know, that's going to be an interesting conversation in the war room. I mean, because uh, the talent level is there, but you just talk about, you know, from from entering Alabama, whether, you know, it was his uh, freshman season with the, with the academic uh, eligibility that I know, uh, if he was going to be good to go, um, you know, to the, uh, the the shooting mishap where, you know, there's rumors that he actually pulled a plaxicoburus and shot himself in the leg. And uh, you know, he was, a, uh, you know, uncooperative with, with the police. Uh, so, you know, the bar owner saying, hey, this, this kid shot himself. Um, you know, those stories, you know, I'm sure there's more than meets the eye. Um, but, you know, Nick Saban really raves about his work ethic, his competitiveness, uh, even his conditioning. So, I mean, he's doing everything he needs to do on the field. Uh, it's just, you know, hey, if we give this guy the big bucks, can we trust him? Um, you know, the other guys I want to touch base on here, you know, Dane mentioned he's going up to Nebraska. And, boy, oh, boy, he's going to get a, a good look at uh, some players on our watch list. In fact, you know, Nebraska's got, got three defensive tackles on our big board, Joe, uh, with Khalil Davis, Carlos Davis, and then uh, Darian Daniels, the transfer, I think, over from Oklahoma State. Uh, what a trio of defensive tackles to rotate there in Nebraska. And I know Scott Frost is, is trying very hard to turn that program around and get them back on the track and, um, you know, had a chance to link up with Emory Hunt yesterday, who, by the way, uh, the football game plan show airing on Game Plus Network, uh, I was able to record uh, an episode for uh, with Emery that will be airing later this week, and we actually talked about a defensive lineman there, Chris Williams of Wagner, who's really made some huge strides and 
you know, pot roast Terrence Knight and is actually his positional coach over there at Wagner. And uh, he brought in Chris Baker this past week uh, from the Redskins to work with Chris Williams uh, because, you know, they've been kind of hyping him up for the last two years. He's a 300 plus pounder uh, with athleticism. So a guy that we'll be keeping an eye on there and then right across the river, keeping it in New York, on the other side of the Hudson is uh, um, Tamara, uh, the, the the Stony Brook defensive tackle, uh, Sam Kamara. And Emery was actually at Stony Brook in the morning uh, session, met me over at Wagner, said Kamara looks like the real deal. On a side note, um, I know we're talking defensive linemen, but I, I did not know this, Joe. Tyrone Wheatley Jr., who was on Stony Brook previously on Michigan, now down at Morgan, I believe, where his dad, Tyrone Wheatley Sr., is a coach. Um, So I just found out that tidbit yesterday. Um, And then last guy I'll touch base on, just because, you know, I don't see him being hyped up a lot in the mainstream media. Well, two guys, I lied, both from the ACC. Um, I don't see this – Trevin McSwain from Duke being talked about much, but I can tell you what, he is heavy, 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 heavy on the NFL radar. Um, We're talking about a potential top 100 guy here. So definitely get familiar with him. As I was able to get familiar with James Smith Williams, um, the North Carolina state defensive lineman. And, you know, quite honestly, Joe, uh, another one of these guys, almost like a Michael Dogby, uh, from Temple last year where, you know, he, he's kind of like right in that 265 range, 270. He could bulk up, uh, you know, play inside or, you know, honestly, I think he was on the Bruce Feldman freaks list. Uh, this guy, if he gets the invitation to Indianapolis, uh, he's going to test through the roof and, and he's lean enough. You know, when I met him in person, he is lean enough to play defensive end and be a hand in the dirt guy. So James Smith Williams, North Carolina State, a guy I got a chance to get more familiar with and get to know during my time down at the ACC uh, Media Days. Um, any any player that you want to comment on there, Joe, that I had mentioned? All right. My head is spinning. You're throwing way too many legends out there in a <laughs> row. First off, Pot, Pot Roast Knight and Chris Baker, shout out Hampton and Penn State, uh, Emery yeah. Hunt, legend. Tyrone Wheatley, <laughs> legend. Sorry, yeah. but uh, no, I'm I'm catching up. Uh, James Smith Wilson just looked into it. Thirty-four and a half inch arms. That mm-hmm. is stupid long for a pass rusher. The the NFL talent of Haley Waiters. They're going to be drooling over that kid. So no, it's uh, uh, any time. My ears always perk up when I hear the name Pot Roast Knight and uh, being a Broncos fan and and Baker having played some valuable minutes for uh well just a bunch of teams man yeah he's he's starting to be the journeyman all journeyman but uh his story too like i i think that's like one of the first classes i started covering i looked into the uh, chris baker he was at penn state got kicked off the team you know rehab his career at hampton and it's like watching his stuff at hampton I'm like this is the best tackle in the in the class and uh, that's kind of why you get obsessed with this whole thing. It's like, no, there, there's a talented player there. You gotta, we gotta investigate why he's not getting the chance. And you know, it's now hindsight. Yeah, Chris Baker, heck of a talented player. 
Hey, those, those are the stories that, you know, really, uh, like we talk about on the uh, Infectious Scouting Podcast here on the All Access Football Network with Russell Landy. You know, it's like a disease, man. The, the scouting process, you know, you get a taste of that kind of action, and, then, man, you just constantly looking for players like that. And as you were talking, Joe, I, I, you know, I didn't know what the numbers were off the top of my head, but I remember them being overly impressive. And I just, you know, dug up the, the Bruce Feldman freaks list, which is, you know, one of the uh, best articles of the year, in my opinion, but check these measurables out. Um, this is from the springtime now. And, you know, we should mention he came, you know, James Smith Williams came to NC state uh, weighing 196 in the spring. He was up to 265 and he timed uh, four five eight and four five two in the forty. He uh, jumped over forty inches in the vertical. Uh, had a four four three short shuttle, and then oh by the way, just for good me- measure, he threw up two twenty five twenty seven times. Uh, the man benches four twenty, squats six twenty, and cleans three seventy four. Joe, is that good enough for you? <laughs> uh, he sounds fat. He sounds fat. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know, hey, listen, we've. Uh, We've seen some good players come out of NC State on the defensive line. Um, you know, I think uh, uh, they, they've had a handful of guys there. Um, and James Smith-Williams is a guy we'll be monitoring as the season goes on and uh, hopefully get to an NC State game. Uh, we're talking defensive linemen. Joe Everett, Rick Saratella. We were joined by Dane Vandernat earlier in the show. And uh, next week, Joe, we're going to talk some edge rushers and uh, speaking of edge rushers, you know, since I was just there yesterday at Wagner, Cam Gill is a guy that, you know, reigning NEC Defensive Player of the Year, 26 and a half tackles for loss, um, had a chance, you know, really been on our radar now for two or three seasons, but had a chance to catch up with him at NEC Media Day. Uh, did an interview with him again yesterday that we'll try to get up on the NFL PA Bowl website. We're going to try to highlight and profile some of these watch list candidates and then, you know, NFL Draft Bible, NFL PA Bowl, we'll be on location uh, kicking it off week one, Thursday night football, Wagner at UConn. And again, UConn recently announcing they're um, dropping out of the uh, 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 AAC uh, conference and they're going to go independent, I think, starting next year. Um, so, you know, hey, Wagner, UConn, uh, UConn with the offensive linemen, that will be uh, monitoring, but uh, hey, I'll be out. Um, if you're listening to this, um, with the day we're recording this, August 8th, tomorrow, August 9th, I'll be at Fordham again, linking up with Emery for his TV show on Game Plus Network. And then uh, Saturday, I'm going to take a stroll down to the uh, Villanova practice and uh, you know just kind of make sure that we cover all our bases because FBS, FCS. Uh, you know, D2, D3, we want to make sure that we find the best available talent. Um, Joe, this um, show has flown by. Any other players you want to touch base on? Any other uh, parting shots or thoughts before we wrap everything up? I'll just like to, I'm sure we'll get into it more on the next week's show as far as like these schemes and coaches leaving and just what a, how much can happen in just a, a year or two, you know, uh, like, you know, we talk about Malcolm Roach after his first year and then uh, probably next week may get into Chauncey Rivers, Mississippi State. I'm seeing the name and thinking, oh, my God, last chance you. He's, he's now 
he's now on the draft class. And it's like, wait a minute, you know, that the tables have turned. You know, he kept at it. He found a new team. He's now on a defense that's going to feature him. And then, you know, Malcolm's kind of stuck in the in-between there. It's like, you asked me two years ago, and it's a complete different uh, 180, uh, maybe even on both guys. It's like, yeah, we'll flip the stocks uh, almost. But uh, just hearing you talk about the independent real quick, I just – uh, bring it on, UConn. As a Notre Dame fan, like uh, we just need one more team, and we can just make the independent a whole new conference called the Island of Misfit Toys, and we'll dominate <laughs> every every season, and then we win a conference bowl game, and I'll even strengthen our chances to get into the college football playoff every year. Go Irish! <laughs> no doubt. I mean, it's listen. It's going to be a tough tough way for UConn to survive going the independent route and uh you know unless you're Notre Dame we've seen what happened to UMass um another game you know you I'll be uh right after the UConn game on Thursday night well we get bonus football Friday night uh UMass at Rutgers and uh unfortunately I mean you know it's 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 a lonely life without the TV contracts and the conference money and um, it, it's a tough way to it's a tough route to go, and you know it remains to be seen how long UConn goes independent, or or whether they do wind up eventually uh, joining a conference, maybe even dropping back down uh, in the football. But uh, you mentioned Last Chance U, which you know I finally got around to watching the first episode of Hard Knocks, and I'll be honest with you, Joe, uh, I, I you know since the original. Uh, last chance you see uh, series one, I guess it was, you know, I haven't been able to keep up with all the additional seasons, but uh, this Ronald Ollie, I don't know if you're familiar with him. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> okay. So, Hey, so you know, he, he, he got quite a bit of play on the uh, first episode of hard knocks. And, you know, you could just see, uh, you know, they cut John Gruden kind of indirectly, directly talking about Ollie. Just like, Hey, you know, uh, the guys who don't want to play, let's get them out of here. But I don't know if you saw the first episode of Hard Knocks oh, yeah. for the Raiders, but it seems like what, what did he get his did he get his uh, feelings hurt and just didn't want to practice and what was going on with that? I I hate to you know you hate to see it, but uh, it's like a repeat of Last Chance You. It's like man, it's Mike Kelly. Something's bothering me, and then the very next scene. They're taking his shoulder off the locker. They're stripping the number out. They gave his number to Ethan Westbrook. Yeah. <laughs> like, man, I'm, I shouldn't be laughing. Poor Ronald Alley. But, like, it, it's, uh, he didn't report for uh, treatment after he claimed he was injured. And Brenson Buckner, you know Brenson Buckner, played for the Panthers, turning into a heck of a defensive line coach, paid his dues. Uh, he's just dead in the face, man. Like, you said you're gonna get treatment you didn't you're injured you're not getting treatment you're you're done like it's, you you already don't have that extra chance and it's uh it's a shame you didn't get it but it's kind of like I, I hate to say it but like not shocked no one's shocked this is what he did yeah. in the past this is what he's doing again i'm sorry uh, it's a, it's amazing that he even got this opportunity which brings me to my final point and then we'll close it out is you know, I think that's one of the uh, most valuable aspects of the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl is not only are you going to get in front of all 32 teams and, and over 200 scouts and get a chance to showcase your talents, but I think, you know, be, being lectured by some of these guys 
in the evening time and and bringing in the uh, the coaching staff and and current members of the NFLPA. I mean, you get introduced to the players' union um, much earlier than you know the the rookie symposium in May is a, is another great experience. But here at the NFLPA Bowl, you get you kind of get that experience introduction in January, which is nice because you know, as you're making that transition and, 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 and progression to the next level and you hear your name called in April, you kind of get a better understanding of what to expect. And one of those things uh, that Ronald Ali didn't understand is, you know, this is now a profession. This is now your job. Uh, this ain't college anymore. This is what you get paid to do. And when you're supposed to be somewhere, you better be there. And if you're not, you better communicate. And it's just part of being – a, a man and owning up to, you know, responsibility. But I think, you know, some of the uh, speakers and, and guys that were ha- going to have come in, I ran into uh, Mark Herzlich at, at the ACC media day. He's excited about coming back to the NFL PA bowl. Um, had a long, long, long gel. You'll love this. A long conversation with John Randall and I'll, I'll get the interview up eventually, but so much education. I mean, here's an undrafted hall of famer. Um, but you John know, Carroll? he, where did he go? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was John Carroll. And, uh, you know, he told me the story about coming out of college. Uh, Gil Brandt was the only scout to come get, to come scout him. And, uh, Gil Brandt gets there and, uh, you know, it, 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 there, there's nowhere on the field, you know, they haven't mowed the lawn of the field. So there's nowhere for him to run the 40. So they, you know, they, they go and get one of the staffers and, 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 and mow a patch of field <laughs> down, down the line. You know, they, they get the lawnmower out and mow it down and then they get the yardstick out, measure 40 yards. So Gil can uh, test John Randall. And so here's John Randall thinking, Hey, I'm going to be a cowboy and a tech scram and, and Tom Landry. Oh man, uh, I'm going to be a Dallas cowboy. So, he gets to run in the 40-yard dash, and you know, he looks up, and, and he said Gil is just shaking his head and, uh, you know, saying, hey, you know, I, I, I don't know here. I, I don't know if you're the right guy for us. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I had a chance to actually talk to Gil Brandt and ask him, you know, just get his version of the story too. So when I get a chance, I'll, I'll edit that story. But, um, you know, one of the many great stories I was told during Hall of Fame week, but, you know, John Randall really uh, was excited about the fact when I mentioned that we'd love to have him out at the NFL PA Bowl to either come coach or talk to the players. I mean, he lit up and was really excited about it. Takeo Spikes, um, another guy, shout out to Takeo uh, and his new books. Um, you know, I think he did a linebacker book in the history of the linebackers. He's got a, a running back book now coming out talking about the history of running backs and all the legendary running backs, but Takeo Spikes is another guy we're going to try to get over there. Um, so, yeah, the, the education that you receive is invaluable. You get introduced to the players' union uh, before you get to the next level. And then, hey, you know, you go on and, and make a 53-man roster. Well, hey, now uh, you're part of the NFLPA, and essentially you own a part of the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl. And, and that's really why I want to – reach out to as many players, current, former, future, and let them know, hey, we want to take ownership of the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl. It's only our ninth year doing it. 
But hey, uh, this is going to be the most dynamic all-star event, bottom line. And uh, I'm excited about it, Joe. You're excited about it. So why don't we do this? We'll come back next week. We'll talk a little uh, edge rushers. Uh, the NFLPA Collegiate Ball Watch List, uh, or Big Board, I should say, is uh, continue to be unveiled. We'll have more announcements. Uh, of course, you can follow them at NFLPA Bowl. Um, but for Joe Everett, at Joe W. Everett, of course, our Director of College Recruiting, Dane Vandernat, at D. Vandernat, and myself, Rick Saratelli, you can follow us at NFL Draft Bible. We appreciate you tuning in. Please like it, share it, subscribe it, whether it's iTunes, Block Talk Radio, here on the All Access Football Network. We're also doing weekly shows with Russ Landy on the Infectious Scouting Podcast. If you want to get some of the conference previews, we talk more uh, than just seniors. We delve into some of the underclassmen, the 2021 NFL Draft and beyond. Um, just recorded a new show with him yesterday where we previewed the ACC. We did the SEC. Next week, we'll be uh, continuing the Power 5 conference preview. So there's a lot going on. There's a lot to get to. Uh, but remember where you heard it here first. Till the next time, everybody. The NFLPA Collegiate Bowl Watchlist Show is part of the All Access Football Network. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe.